2: All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. What's up CMOS girlies? It's Tuesday. Welcome back to your favorite podcast. I'm Kate and I'm here with Emma. Emma, how's your Sunday evening going over there? My Sunday evening's great. I did a lot of cooking today.
1: I guess like meal prepping for the week, but just little fun snacks that I want to have throughout the week. Uh, So I made more. I made edamame mint hummus, yum, because I had like a shit ton of edamame that I just have not used, and it's just been sitting in my freezer. Edamame is one of those foods, I feel like for me, where I'm like, mm, this sounds good, and then I buy it and I never use it. Yeah. Uh, so I'd made that, I made some tabbouleh salad, and then I made pickled red onions, which I don't really classify cooking at this point, but felt good to kind of chef it up in the kitchen. I nice. haven't really been doing much fun cooking lately but i'm sort of forcing myself to get back into it because it's fun and i think now that it's lighter out in the evenings now i'm like more motivated to actually cook versus just eating sad slop
2: yeah um
1: I feel like in terms of other health and food, new things in my life, I've been really addicted to olives. Mm. I've just been craving briny, salty foods, which I don't know what that says about me because I definitely am one who I would class myself as someone who has a sweet tooth. But yeah, olives are really fucking good and they're really good with cottage cheese, which might sound gross, but don't knock it
2: until you try it oh that's so cute um I for food let's think um of course the pickle guys like you and Emma and I are fixated on the pickled Brussels sprouts from there and like I don't know which quantity size you get is it the I get the one that's 21 dollars
1: I get what size do I get the pint or the quart yeah yeah
2: but the guy that works there now has a, re- a banter with me because like he knows that I go there for that. And it's like very funny because I think I've mentioned this a long, long time ago in the pod, but this grocery store Lifetime, Emma and I used to go together and like one of the guys was like, oh, are you guys twins or sisters or something like that? And I think we need to go to the pickle guys together and like both get our demented pickle Brussels sprouts we because should. we're the only ones that definitely get it. No one else gets it.
1: Oh, a million percent. Actually, when I was there a few weeks ago, someone saw me I got it and they were influenced by me okay. and they got it as well. But yeah, I need to go back because I don't have any pickled guys in my apartment. I usually get the pickled Brussels sprouts and the beets. I want to try the pickled mango. I'm kind yeah. of intrigued. I've tried that as a sample.
2: Um, and... I went there yesterday, but I was thinking of you because I was like, "This is literally an Emma and a me moment of the pickled Brussels sprouts." That's been a food I got sent cereal by Mad or by Three Wishes, and like it. I don't. It, it slaps. I was like, "Why the fuck?" I, I just, cereal was just a food that I kind of forgot about, and it has that food. nostalgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three wishes is really good. I feel like I see a lot of people
1: on TikTok. They'll do protein cereal. Like obviously three wishes has, I think a little bit of protein in it, but then they'll mix protein powder with their milk and then like have that. And I'm like, wait, that's kind of a smart
2: snack or dessert to have. Yep. That's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing. Um, as you know, this isn't, this gets into my next point. I'm trying to think of other food notes, but that's been it. I've been in a beverage surplus between like Olipop and recess and other stuff, which is great. Um, food has been boring per usual, but, um, I did go to Don Angie, which is a really good Italian restaurant. So if I don't know, I went there for an event, but there's a crazy reservation list. And I'm not even like that big of an Italian person, but like Italian food person. But it was like good. But back to my point of the cereal. This has been my um, Kate Stoner snack, which a few CMAS girlies want me to unravel and unpack. Um, I feel like I did talk about this like a long time ago that I started smoking weed before I run. Uh, Then I got injured and then I could go back to movement by doing spin class. And I was like, fuck it, let's do edibles. So on my burner Twitter, which Emma has access to and uh, sorry, lovely listeners, none of you will ever probably get access to. I tweet before every Soul Cycle class, like how much I take, like what I'm doing, like sometimes it's like five milligrams and then rotisserie chicken is my pre-workout snack or it's like two cups of coffee and like a CBD gummy. And so I've been treating my body like a science experiment and it's been really fun. Um, It's like a quirky way of biohacking. I'm not doing like intermittent fasting in that nonsense, but I'm switching it up before spin class. Um, and I've had a great experience. Um, I like to consider myself a high functioning stoner that I can like go and do a workout and like feel good. Uh, but the main reason I do it is because I overthink everything. I like when I'm running, for example the first five minutes of a run I'm like okay are my feet landing behind me am I over pronating am I this is my heart rate too high am I is that my leggings falling down is my hair falling like I'm in my head do I need a new song like is someone texting me and so I really struggle with that when I'm working out and so for me when I'm a little bit high I totally forget that and I'm just focusing on like moving Um. so proceed with your own caution proceed at your own risk this is not a recommendation for you but it has been something i have doing and so when I've been getting home from soul cycle I've been just like pounding. The cereal with like the protein powder and like a fruit and cacao nibs or pistachios or like something Mm. like that. And it's been the best snack ever. Like I feel like when I'm high, I really want like a texture food. I did try to just eat like normal shit. And I was like, this is not I need like a cracker or a crunch or something like that. So that's been a vibe and a half for me. Um one of my only true updates. Like I've been back running and I've been doing edibles. Yeah, baby.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Kate's back on it. She's back on the running grind slowly but surely. Yeah, I've been swimming a lot more. I've been really fucking loving it like it truly I think is one of the best things that's ever happened to me and I had a very special moment it was it was St. Patrick's Day on Friday um and this little lady not little lady uh Deborah she she, she's like the six-year-old woman she wears like super fun jewelry and she's there every morning to check us all in and for St. Patrick's Day they like did all the decorations for the pool but she had cupcakes and she was like I got everyone cupcakes. So like, when you leave, please make sure you got one. Aww. And she was like, the reason I got you all cupcakes is because I consider you all family. And so when I see you, I think of family and I like wanted to cry. And I think what has been most special for me is that like, I think I have found like my third space. Like I obviously yes. have like my home and then I have my office that I go to, but so many of us, I think don't have a third space. Like some mm-hmm. people maybe go to coffee shops, no one goes to church anymore. And like, that used to be the third, the third area where you would have like some sense of community um, but yeah, everyone's great. There's a new person that is swimming with us now. His name is Daniel and he's much faster than me and it makes me mad, but it's good motivation. Um, I'm kind of considering getting the the Garmin Swim 2 watch.
2: Yeah. That
1: might be a wearable tech moment. I might get into that world just because I think it would be nice to track some stuff and have some data behind my swimming, especially because I don't have a swim coach right now and I am taking swimming like a little bit more seriously than it just being like a rec- recreational activity.
2: Yeah, no, I love that. Invest in your health, baby. Um, I'm excited for your your new journey with the Garmin watch if you do get it. Cause like that data is always so interesting. I remember the first day I ran with the Garmin, I was like, what the fuck? Like I just never knew anything about heart rate and all the cadence yeah. and all that stuff with running. Now it's kind of it's kind of hard, I think, to have data. I just try not to check my watch while I am on a run and wait till I'm done so I can just be in the moment. Um, my last point is kind of strange, but I don't know what you guys get on TikTok and like Emma, what you've been getting, but My friend Brooke actually wrote a piece about this, but the amount of concerts that you get on your For You page, whether it's SZA, whether it's Taylor Swift, um, Gracie Abrams, Phoebe Bridgers... Like, every single major, major concert headliner, and even some smaller indie artists, too, it's very interesting that now it's kind of like, when I go to a concert, I'm going to post the TikTok of the concert, it's going to get a bunch of shares and clicks, and then the people that go to the next concert are going to know the set list, and they're going to know, like, what she does during certain songs, and, like, all of that, Um I think it's really interesting because I had this moment when I was scrolling through the Taylor Swift thing, and I think a lot of people did. I'm not in the place where I would probably pay for a ticket for Taylor Swift, but like I would definitely go to a Gracie Abrams concert. But like after consuming so much content of the concert on TikTok, I feel like I myself went to the concert and I don't need to ever pay money to like go to a concert again. And I think it's really strange because like Maddie Healy's example, like when the 1975 was doing shit, like when he ate raw meat and when he did a bunch of weird stuff, like they're kind of doing stuff for virality to a degree. I don't think every artist is like, what moment's going to get me viral on TikTok? But I don't know if it's like going to ruin concerts or kill concerts. I mean, people have always been, since smartphones have come out, recording a lot and the phones are like in the way of the concert. But yeah, I don't know. It's just been something that I've been thinking about recently because I've seen a lot. My whole For You page yesterday was just Taylor Swift concert.
1: I haven't gotten concert TikTok on my For You page, Mm -hmm. but I have been getting all the articles about the Taylor Swift concert, which I guess makes sense because it's, like, super hyped up and it's Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that'll impact concerts or the experience of going
2: to concerts, and I wonder how artists feel about that. Yeah. Um, I know artists feel shitty about, like, when their labels and stuff are like, you need to post on TikTok to, like, share our song, whatever the heck. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it is weird how like music and I'm not making like big political statement, but I was going to say like. TikTok has democratized some things. Like there are some people that were on the opening tour for Gracie Abrams that like really went viral for their one song on TikTok. I don't know the names of these people, but like the small, you know, that really did change someone's life. They now are on the opening act and then they could have their own tour one day. Like Mm -hmm. my life was changed by TikTok. You know, it's kind of weird. But then now I'm like, oh wait, is TikTok going to get banned? Which is a whole thing. I'm like very curious as a creator, what's going to happen. I haven't really actually sat down and thought about it. My only thought is kind of like, if it happens, like brands can't really be like mad at creators, you know, like they're not going to pay you for a TikTok video ever again, if the platform doesn't exist, but they're just, they're going to have to do something else for advertising. So who knows? It's just been Um, a a funny
1: little thing. Who knows? Oh, also last moment on TikTok before we get into the episode, I think we were talking about the Symbiotica brand a few episodes ago. And of course, it's like our phones listen to us. When I wanted to TikTok a few hours later, I got a Symbiotica Mm. ad, but it was the goofiest thing. It was like this random woman sitting in her living room and she was talking about the benefits of spraying magnesium on your feet to like help with like muscle soreness and all that I was like this is so goofy and it honestly felt like satire and I was like this does not feel real but it was from the symbiotica brand and I was like honestly honestly, kudos to you guys for like being quirky and being like yeah let's have someone talk about spraying magnesium on your feet because most people are like drink magnesium blah,
2: blah 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 no I really respect that because a few weeks ago I went to this event with this brand called Alice Mushrooms who I love and one of the founders in New York one of LA it was a dinner and they the event was so strange and I mean this in the best best way like I told them I was like it was their first ever event as a brand I was like this is the coolest event I've been to as like a content creator ever they hired a man as on task rabbit to dress up in an elf costume and guide us through this mushroom expedition where we had to pick up like two reishi mushrooms one lion's man you had to identify them and then we all sat down for a, a very beautiful dinner done by Danny Bowen of New York um and it was a beautiful time whatever the hell like it was amazing but the fact that they hired a task rabbit guy to be to put on a fucking elf costume and i asked one of the founders i was like literally i need to hear about this like did you what category was he in was he a plumber and then you like message him like actually you're not going to be a plumber tonight you're going to be an elf um so yeah it was another weird wellness brand like doing their shit and like i loved it it was so weird i just imagine though if there were like a bunch of stuck up like new york city like fashion influencers at the event they would have been like i'm not doing this That's weird elf chase but yeah. it was like me and harry hill like fucking around like it was a great a great time so
1: yeah we need some more wild weirdness in yeah. the world
2: of wellness <laughs> um, Literally, so uh, y'all
1: brands you better be listening to us
2: yeah like olipop do something strange soon please and invite emma and i we will come um yeah. That's all to say. This episode's about water. Uh, The reason I thought about this is just because... mm, I don't know. Um, We think about subjects... Um, Because you listened to the Andrew Huberman episode? Perhaps. Perhaps. But I recently in my lifestyle have been thinking about water. Like I bought the trace mineral drops. I've been like really harping on the element stuff. And then I was like, wait, we didn't really do a podcast about water. And I feel like it is a very obvious, but also not obvious thing. Like I find myself thinking about some of these questions in the pod throughout the week. Like, why am I peeing in the middle of the night? Why am I, am I drinking too much? Um, And I think it would be a beneficial up for the girlies. So this is a I, bit of a Kate yeah. push episode.
1: I agree. I don't really typically think about water in terms of my overall health, just because I have 10 billion other things that I have to think about on a daily basis when it comes to my personal health. But I feel like recently I've been thinking about it more in terms of like electrolytes, not so much about like water quality and all that jazz. But I feel like on my Twitter timeline, I get like a lot of crazy health freaks that are always talking about the benefits of supplementing with electrolytes. So, Yeah. yeah, a lot of this will probably be straightforward. Maybe you guys will learn some additional stuff, whether you need to take electrolytes, if it's worthwhile to even like filter your water. Um, so, yeah, some pretty juicy stuff, but hopefully it's not too boring or too granular and or too complex.
2: No. Once we've done episodes about, like, I was going to say chickpeas. We haven't done a whole episode about chickpeas, but I think the girlies are, their ears are open to anything. So I'll call you back and then we'll get into the water app. Cool.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking athletic greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it.
1: For me, I started taking athletic greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics. And let me tell you, my digestion has never been better.
2: Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party
1: testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health.
2: To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Seamus Girlies, get the pencils out, notebooks out, because this is the water episode. So, the first question, which is going to have a lot of caveats, this whole episode will have caveats because you are all individual Seamus Girlies, is going to be how much water do you need in a day? So, a few things, it's going to depend on your activity and how many other beverages you think you drink throughout the day. So, you know, we are focusing on water in the episode, but let's say you're drinking an Pop. Let's say you're drinking coffee. Those things will have different effects. Coffee's a diuretic, so it's going to dehydrate you, meaning you're going to need more water. Are you drinking electrolyte drinks? That's going to change how much water you need in the day. So it is individual, but the basic guideline that's like kind of well-known in the scientific community is that women need 8 to 11 cups and men need 10 to 15 cups, but this is cups of liquid. So it's not just cups of water. So keep that note um, in the back of your head.
1: Yeah, and there's a few external, you know, factors you can kind of use in terms of tracking whether you know you're hydrated or not. The Really, the easiest way is going to be able to tell is based off of your urine color. I'm sure this is something that most people know about, but you want your pee to typically be about like light yellow or somewhat clear. And if it is that color, then that means you are hydrated. But if it's like super duper clear, that probably means you're drinking too much water and we'll kind of get into the risks about drinking too much water or being overhydrated later in the episode. Another way that you can tell is like if your lips are dry, that can also be a sign that you're dehydrated. Obviously, this may not be something that like everyone experiences. So if your lips do feel moist or not super chapped, that can mean that you are hydrating yourself properly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good things to know. The next question that we will chat about now is how much water do you need in a day? Are you drinking too much water? Because I honestly think most of the sea musculoskeletal probably fall in the camp of overhydration versus dehydration. I feel like, especially in the US, I feel like a lot of people are fixated on like water bottles and like drinking water is like all the time. Like it kind of becomes a weird thing that you can Get in the habit of just drinking water to drink water and you're like oh this is healthy this is healthy but there is a point where it is too much so drinking too much water can lead to overhydration how this works in your body it's called hypotren hyponatremia it's water poisoning or water intoxication. But it occurs when the sodium levels in our body drop, to drop because of this excess water. So I've heard about this originally when I first started training for races that they're like really harped on you need to drink electrolytes as a marathon runner. Because if you only drink water, like a lot of marathon runners have passed out and they've had to get rushed if they're not having the proper balance with electrolytes. So that's why it is a huge issue for like endurance athletes, but also everyone. So if you're drinking too much water, it causes our cells to swell up and particularly those ones in the brain, if it gets really severe. So that's why it can result in like seizures, brain damage. Like if you're drinking 15 cups of water a day, it's not going to happen to you, but this is like the extreme cases. And this, this thing is called like water toxicity or water poisoning. It's not like you're drinking water that's bad for you, but just basically what happens to your cells, they become like toxicated by that. So the your body's water volume becomes too large for your kidneys to be able to excrete, as we know the kidneys are like the detoxification process in your body. And that's when this electrolyte balance in your body starts to dilute and gets imbalanced. So the electrolytes, if you don't know, they're going to be sodium, potassium, magnesium, chloride, and calcium. They need to be balance to maintain this healthy blood like healthy blood biomarkers throughout your body, your heart rhythm, muscle function, and other functions in the body. But drinking too much water can cause this to get out of whack, basically. The biggest one that goes away is going to be sodium levels, which we'll talk later about in the episode because we talk about salt. And the signs of overhydration, like Emma mentioned, is that like if you have pee, that it's so funny talking about pee. I feel like it's so not even taboo. It just feels like I'm a little boy. You know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. If you have pale yellow urine that looks like lemonade, it might indicate you have a healthy level of hydration. But if you have colorless urine, which I feel like sometimes people are like, my pee is clear, I'm so hydrated, that might mean that you're overhydrated um, and your sodium levels will drop. And then this could manifest in either like headaches or nausea. And most people, as another note, um, are peeing and urinating six to seven times every 24 hours. So if you are going to the bathroom more than that, you could be overhydrating. Um, just is like a hard, fast number right there. And another like sign that could come up if you're drinking too much water is it like can cause muscle muscle weaknesses, spasms, or cramps. Your muscles need sodium in order to stay strong. And so when the electrolyte thing kind of gets wonky, that's why that's why the muscles start to go. So it could be headaches, it could be muscles. And if your pee is very clear, then you're probably overhydrating.
1: Well, I definitely pee more than six or seven times a mm-hmm. day. So good to know that I'm over hydrating my body and that I can chill the fuck out.
2: Yeah. Um.
1: Okay. So everyone knows now how much water you may or may not need. Now this kind of gets into what what water source should you be drinking out of, whether it's tap, filtered, or bottled water. I think there's so many opinions when it comes to a lot of this. I know a lot of people who like refuse to drink tap water. There's people who are like, I will only drink glass-bottled water from Mountain Valley. And I'm like, hmm, that must be nice. Some people are like, you have to have a Berkey filter, otherwise you're going to die. So let's kind of break this all down and kind of cut through the bullshit. Um, so u s tap water, ladies and gentlemen, in America is regulated by the Environmental Protection Agency in other countries. I don't know what regulates that, but it's probably some sort of government body, I would presume. And they are really setting the standards and safety thresholds for the amount of like microorganisms, chemicals, and other contaminants that can be in our water and majority of Americans are getting their water via tap, and we can mostly assume for the most part that it's like perfectly fine. And safe to drink tap water since the EPA does have these different safety thresholds. And there's a lot of testing that does go on in the water facilities. Now, of course, there's going to be exceptions to this, such as places like Flint, Michigan, due to like the crumbling infrastructure and government mismanagement. And those that like live in like rural or low-income communities are at greater risk for consuming unsafe tap water. And kind of like why this is bad is that exposure to lead is linked to a lot of like nervous system damage, learning disabilities. And like impaired hearing, but there are like a lot of water filters on the market that can remove lead. So just something to keep in mind um, that if you do live in like certain areas that might be affected by that, I'm sure you might know. I know there's like a lot of resources that can kind of tell you if your city does have safe drinking water. So there's stuff on the internet to figure that out. But kind of then breaking that down into like filtered water versus bottled water. So filtered water is basically just tap water that has gone through some type of filter to clear out the potential bacteria or heavy metals. And if you're filtering your own personal water at home and if you already live in an environment where the tap water is safe, you're really just altering the odor and or the taste at that point, which is like fine if you're wanting to like change the taste and if that makes you like drink more water. But if you're trying to do it for like safety concerns, you're likely just wasting your money. I don't really filter my water anymore just because I'm too lazy to buy like any of the water filters. Um and also one thing to note too, is that if you're constantly drinking like sterilized and filtered water, you can kind of like cause your gut microbiome to get like really, really used to like this ultra filter water. So whenever you do end up drinking water that let's say you're on vacation and it's like not fully filtered and maybe has like some bacteria in it, um, your gut microbiome could react very strongly to the bacteria that might be in the water. So just one thing to be in mind that like, I think a lot of people freak out whenever you hear about, oh, bacteria in the water, but it's like it's mostly fine for the most part. Like, you actually probably want a little bit of bacteria in your water. And then when it comes to bottled water, which I feel has been getting a lot of shit lately, um, according to the Natural Resources Defense Council, about 25% of bottled water is sourced from tap. So just because there's a beautiful mountain that is on the package or on the label... It doesn't actually mean that it's coming from a mountain, ladies and gentlemen. It's just purely tap water. And it's just tap water that's either been like filtered or radiated and then sold for a very hefty price markup. And you're likely also going to be drinking tap water from like another location. So, like if you're buying water in New York, that water could have come from Oregon or from Arkansas. Like you really have no idea. But the biggest, I think, issue that a lot of people have with bottled water and the biggest thing that people should like take note about is that if you are drinking it from plastic, the chemicals that are from the plastic, they can leach into the water. And a lot of these are endocrine disruptors, which basically can fuck up all your hormones. And over time, if you're constantly drinking bottled water, that can lead to a lot of like health implications down the line, perhaps. And the chemicals that can leach into the water are bi A and phylates. And so if you do plan on drinking bottled water, just make sure it either comes in glass because that will not have any chemicals that leach into the water or just bring your own water bottle to fill things up. Um, I kind of refused to buy bottled water just because I'm like, I have so many reasonable ones that might as well just use that. Um, but Then this kind of gets into pH quality, which sort of links to all of this. Again, the EPA is in charge of monitor- monitoring the public drinking water quality. And it typically suggests a range of like 6.5 to 9 for a pH level for water, but this can vary greatly for, for like water. So that's kind of why they allow this like type of threshold. And You know, if water is going to fall far below or far greater than this threshold, it generally means that there's some sort of chemical or heavy metal pollution in the water. And so for tap water, it can kind of vary for the pH level, but it's typically around like a 7.5. Distilled reverse osmosis water is 5 to 7. Most common bottled waters, their pH level will be like a 6.5 to 7.5. And then bottled water, bottled waters that are labeled as alkaline are 8 to 9. And so alkaline water, I think, is, like, super-duper buzzy in wellness circles. I don't know if it's still trendy. I never really, like, cared or paid much attention to it. It feels very, like, Gwyneth peltro goopy um, But as I said, alkaline water, it has a pH level of 8 to 9. And there's a lot of thoughts that it can, like, improve your health in very, like, drastic ways, whether it's, like, blocking cancer or helping you age slowly or, like, neutralize acid in your bloodstream, which, like, all sounds super-duper fluffy. And classically, there's very little evidence to back any of these claims up. But my thing is that so many of the alkaline waters that I see, like I think like Essentia is an alkaline water. Like it comes in a fucking plastic water bottle. So if you're drinking that, you're likely canceling out any of the supposed benefits from drinking alkaline because all of the chemicals that are leaching from the plastic. Um, So really, like you can drink tap water. You're not going to fucking die. And you also probably don't need to buy, like, any fancy filter system to drink water. Like, water should be free. It should be accessible. And I just, it's crazy that there's, like, a full industry for it.
2: Yeah, the big water industry. No, when you said Gwyneth Paltrow, so ironic that that video of her saying her whack shit came out like the day after we did like a TikTok roundup. Because I that know. Was, dude, that was like the like fucking thing we could have like talked about. We were talking about tart cherry juice and like we could have talked about Gwyneth Paltrow being a fucking freak. I will comment on that now and I was going to make a TikTok about it but people already said this take of The one thing that I didn't like is that the criticisms were like, she looks so bad. She looks so unhealthy and like her skin looks bad and her hair looks bad. And the criticism coming from the place of how Gwyneth Paltrow looks was really disappointing because it proves that people only equate bad health with bad image. If she looked beautiful, if her skin was radiant, if her hair was like like really full and thick and she still had those really disordered eating habits, people would be like, oh, but she's healthy. Oh, but she looks good, so whatever. And that's why it was, like, frustrating. It's like, you should be so mad at what she's saying because, like, half the shit she was saying is just to promote stuff on Goop um, and the way that she's not eating and we still have an advance, but I was just frustrated. I was like, guys, it's not about the fact that she looks like shit. Like, every single celebrity, like, it's when Bella Hadid made that comment of, like, I eat pizza every day. It's like, yeah, like, you're a relatable bestie just like us. Like, Gwyneth Paltrow was very honest of, like, your favorite hollywood actress probably does some fucked up shit like that too so i was like not happy with the interview but i was like frustrated with it in certain ways i don't know what your thoughts are yeah on i mean topic, like but... obviously
1: i'm not even surprised that she even said half that shit right mm-hmm. like when it's called her has been like known for kind of stirring the pot and, like between very problematic things in the wellness space and definitely promoting like detox diets and a lot of stuff that are extremely orthopraxic and definitely like pro-anna low-key yeah um And yeah, I think it's, like, unfortunate because I think the person who also interviewed her, like, I enjoy his podcast, and I'm, like, kind of shame on you for publishing that episode and, like, not thinking that it would be problematic for, you know, a woman who has a huge platform and, like, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow's demographic or, like, people who read Goop are probably more, like, older women, but there's also a lot of young people who are super into health and wellness and, like, know Gwyneth Paltrow is an influencer in that space, if you want to call her that, Yeah, and probably look up to her, like, have gone to their sites and then, like, hearing all of that, it definitely can make a lot of people second guess a lot of their their eating habits
2: yeah and i saw a video and i i was thinking about it thinking about it for a while as a response of like stop asking celebrities what they eat stop asking for what i eat in a day video stop and i think that's an extreme that i don't know i agree with because like when i think i was just talking to emma this about our personal lives it's funny emma and i in the dating realm when like one thing's going well for one of us it's the same with the other one we're cycle synced in that way we're talking about dating and i was just talking about eating habits and like the things that people say about food and like comments that maybe I wouldn't make it all is based on your experience. Like a lot of guys, let's say, Let's say or like whatever I'm I'm trying not to like have my personal details in this episode. But let's say someone comes from a background of like they needed to lose weight at some point, right? They are probably going to be more flippant to say like, oh, my God, this food is so has so many calories. This product is so high in fat versus if you come from a background of like disordered eating, you're going to say different things. So how this relates back to the comment of like, we should never have a what I eat in a day video. At first, I'm like, yeah, we should fucking get rid of all these videos. They're stupid. Like, I think the what I eat in a day concept is stupid, but I'm saying any sort of like nutrition advice on the Internet to go like full banning that content there are people who still need help right there are still people who need to learn about health and wellness like that's what this podcast is um But I just feel like we're at this whole crossroads at the internet of like, I don't know what the fuck the next step for regulation of like speeches when it comes to like social media shit. Um, So yeah, toxic, disappointing Gwyneth let us down. I'm going to go put more stickers on her fucking store. Remember we did that? (laughs) And like, yeah. I do remember
1: that. Yeah, good times.
2: Anyways, so yeah, unfortunately, we didn't talk about that last week, but I'll just add it here. So the next episode, back to our, our water pod, is why do I pee in the middle of the night? I feel like this is a question that even people who don't, Like they're not in the health and wellness beat talking about alkaline water, care about. There's actually a, a, a phrase for it. It's called nocturia, nighttime urination. is like when you wake up in the middle of the night to pee. So some things to consider of why you, see Girly, may be waking up in the middle of the night to pee. The first one is going to be fluid intake, perhaps the most obvious. So this is going to, I'm going to say, try limiting it before bed. Try not to drink water an hour before bed. And another thing, if you're drinking water like a few hours before bed, like I'm drinking like 16 ounces of water right now, try to sip it and not chug it. Um, when you chug it, your body obviously like has to expand to put the water somewhere. And then you're just gonna like pee it out, you know? So sip it, do not chug it. The next one is consider things like that are bladder irritants or diuretics. So I talked about coffee a little bit before, but there's specific foods and drinks that have byproducts that are passed into the urine and they can almost irritate or tickle your bladder, which produce this urge to pee. This includes things like teas, green, white, and black tea, spicy foods, and artificial sweeteners, such as like the calorie-free sweeteners that you might add. Those things kind of tickle your bladder and might feel like you have to pee even if there's like nothing in there. Um, They did a study on rats. The sweeteners were the biggest one that like showed this increase in this bladder muscle contraction. And that's why you might have this like urge to urinate. And then caffeine and alcohol are diuretics. So that might cause some sort of imbalance with you as well. So that's like another thing to consider with your water intake. That's why it's always like drink water when you're drinking alcohol and make sure you're drinking water like if you drink a bunch of coffee, stuff like that. Um, the next one that's a little bit more of a a scary one is sleep apnea, which is a whole thing. I, my dad definitely has it. And it's kind of this thing that a lot of like middle-aged men and older men have, and it just kind of goes under the blankets, like under the covers, like not discussed, but it is really scary. So sleep apnea, if you don't know, it's this condition that affects breathing during sleep. It can lead to lower blood oxygen levels in the bloodstream and, or lower oxygen levels in the bloodstream. Which is like the similar thing of happens if you like are inebriated and it like has the same brain effects as like if you get drunk and like the brain damage of that. So when the blood oxygen levels drop due to the sleep apnea, then your heart can experience this false signal of fluid overload. And it releases this hormone called type B natriuretic peptide, BB- BNP. And BNP is a very potent diuretic, which then tells your body like get rid of this sodium and water. And that's why you pee a bunch um, so sleep apnea is very scary. I, the C musculies probably don't have sleep apnea. I think it's like an older in life condition, um, but that's one of them. The next one is that it actually correlates to diabetes and prediabetes. If you're suffering from either of those, your body may ramp up your urine production in order to clear away excess blood sugar. Um, so that's another interesting one. Urinary tract infections can be why you're peeing in the middle of the night uh, or just like the feeling that you have to pee all the time. Also, if you have an edema, I think that edema... I actually have an edema in my leg right now. It's not an enema. A coffee Um, enema? (laughs) Yeah, no, an edema in your leg. I have an edema in my leg right now um, because I had a stress fracture. It is basically when you have swelling or fluid buildup in your legs. And so um, this kind of happens actually if you're just sitting down for a long period of time and if you're elevating your legs for like more than an hour um that can be something that can help with this like urine thing so if you have your legs up on the wall your legs are not going to build up fluid and it's not going to have this urge to like get rid of stuff and then the last one is like pelvic floor which for me is a little bit um interesting a lot of reasons uh you've probably seen the pelvic floor like tiktoks so and like get a stronger pelvic floor and i think my sister even told me that of like i'm doing pelvic floor stuff so i don't have to pee all the time or something like that which is true like a lot of women have you know weak pelvic floors and stuff like that but the main thing is that you should get diagnosed before you start doing like kegel and is it kegel exercises like all of the shit in the pelvic floor area um because there are a lot of like muscles and ligaments and tissue that you know help make up a woman's pelvic floor and they support your bladder and other organs um but the main reason that your pelvic floor gets weakened um is going to be childbirth so, like, I mean, I don't know about your sexual lives and, like, what you're doing and all that stuff, but um it's mostly through age or vaginal childbirth that the pelvic floor gets weakened, which is why these exercises are typically marketed towards women in, like, perimenopause, postmenopause life. Um, So, yeah, that could be a reason why you feel like you have to pee all the time if you just gave birth to a child, but I don't think that's going to be the Seamoss Gurley's case, perhaps. Yeah, probably not. I think
1: there's also a surgery that you can get because my mom got it for, like, kind of helping with pelvic floor and, like, you you yeah. after childbirth. Um, Again, we might have some moms listening to this. So if you're a mom that's in our Geneva, definitely enlighten love us on, on pelvic floor health. I love Um, that. Okay, switching gears, we're going to talk about electrolytes, which I think a lot of people are maybe paying more attention to because Element is now being sponsoring, like, every single podcast that we all listen to. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, do I need to drink electrolytes? Should I spend like a hundred dollars on electrolytes if I'm not an athlete? So let's get into it. Do you need electrolytes? Yes, but it depends. So overhydration, as we've kind of chatted about throughout this episode can cause an imbalance of electrolytes in your body. So electrolytes kind of need to be like in a certain balance, like maintain healthy blood, heart rhythm, and muscle function, plus many more other functions in the body. That's just a few. And so if you're having too much like you know tap water or any other beverage you can deplete your sodium. Um but really for the most part for the general population like dehydration will be a much bigger issue for people versus like overhydration and overhydration like there can be cases of like you going to the hospital for it but you like are really needing to drink like a shit ton of water for that to happen. Um, so, you know, if you do think you're drinking a lot of water and if your pee is super duper clear, maybe consider adding electrolytes just to ensure that you're having still somewhat of a balance of electrolytes in your body. Another one too, that I've learned a lot about from like Stephanie Estima is like, if you eat a low carb diet for anyone that is maybe eating low carb for whatever reason, um, you might want to consider supplementing with electrolytes because when you restrict carbs, your body kind of processes electrolytes differently. Therefore, like it pretty much is excreting more sodium and this can create an imbalance with rest of the other minerals or electrolytes in your body. And this is why a lot of people experience the keto flu. It's largely tied to you not having enough like electrolytes or sodium in your diet And so supplementing through either adding salt to your foods or eating foods that are rich in potassium can kind of help. But I think like an electrolyte powder could be helpful in this case because you just know you only have to drink the powder. You don't have to worry about like, okay, am I like eating enough foods to have like selenium or magnesium? And I think it just can cause like a lot of stress of thinking and like planning out your food. And, you know, also you might want to consider taking electrolytes in the morning after sleeping. And this is because we naturally become dehydrated when we are sleeping This is largely lost through like sweating and breathing. And so taking electrolytes in the morning can help restore levels and it's going to be far more effective than chugging five glasses of water. And that's what I typically do. And I've noticed that I feel a lot better now that I drink electrolytes in the morning versus just having lemon water. I like Kate just got the trace minerals and the Celtic sea salt because electrolytes are expensive. And I'm like, I can't be spending $80 a month on this on top of like all the other supplements and stuff I take. And You can kind of jazz it up and still add like lemon or lime juice to it. Um, But yeah, that is kind of like a general synopsis of whether you should or should not take electrolytes. Like, let's be real here. Most of the population probably has never taken electrolytes or supplemented and people are still living. So, you know, things to keep in mind.
2: Yeah, I think the electrolyte conversation, it feels like it's really pushed in wellness right now. But as Emma said... 0.0001% of the population is really nitty gritty, like into this. I was going to say some more electrolyte options are salt, which I'm going to talk more about later, and then the trace minerals. So so the trace minerals are these like little liquid droppers. You add four droppers to any sort of beverage. I've actually started adding it to my coffee because it doesn't (laughs) have a taste with it. And so the, the theory behind the trace minerals is that it's going to bring your ratio, like I mentioned earlier, of like your potassium minerals on all that stuff, potassium, magnesium, whatever sodium, all back to the right ratios together. So you don't have to do that guesswork because if you're kind of getting around and just adding salt to stuff, um, you're not gonna get the right ratio of salt to the water that you have, all that type of stuff. So I really love the trace minerals. They're very affordable and I still have this tiny bottle that I haven't gone through in like a few months. So I'd recommend that. It's definitely under like a dollar a day per use for sure um some brands like people asked like scratch which i've never seen element is the huberman one which i have been taking noon cure hydration ultima there's a shit ton out there and like my logic on it is like everything like is gonna be on like liquid iv is a big one like Everything's going to be fine. I think the one thing to note on electrolytes is a lot of them add a lot of sugar. I think Liquid IV has like 17 grams of sugar in like one serving or something like that. So I think that's something to be cautious of. Like you do need like a, a you know, sugar is not I'm de- not demonizing sugar, but I think that's like a a bit much of an amount. Um if you don't like artificial sweeteners, you can kind of do the guesswork of finding one that works for you. Once again, the trace minerals don't have anything else besides the actual like chemical compounds. So if you really mm-hmm. want something that doesn't have any sugar, or can add it to any beverage. I would say do that. Um, but the logic about adding salt um into your beverages is all about sodium, as I mentioned before. But the question is kind of like, okay, is it for everyone? Do I have to do it with every cup of water I drink? Like, what how do I know? The logic is that like everyone needs this balance between sodium and water, right? To prevent the muscle cramps, or even more of a concern to like not have that hypotremia when your levels drop too low. Um, drinking salt water, it might be better at hydrating you than normal water, but it still falls short of optimal hydration because like the electrolytes aren't going to be present in salt water as the same way they would be if you would be doing the trace mineral shit. And so if you're only drinking salt water, like you're only replenishing the sodium chloride, but you're not doing magnesium, you're not doing potassium, you're not doing everything else. So it's still not like perfect. Um, and the other thing to note is that like all salt is created equal. I feel like the, the pink Himalayan sea salt and Celtic sea salt get pushed on social media. Um, But as I said before, like most salt contains about 98% of sodium chloride and the other 2% may be the trace minerals. So it doesn't mean you're actually going to get a, a boost from like the magnesium potassium shit. So like the quality of your salt doesn't really matter that much because you're consuming the other minerals in really small amounts. So that's why everyday table salt works just as well as like high end salts when it comes to hydrating yourself. I mean, I kind of do it. I think if I know that I'm like consciously sweating a lot, I will try to do a lot of the electrolyte shit. But if I'm just drinking water throughout the day, like I don't add salt to everything. Um, And also like if you're eating sodium in your diet, that's a whole thing too. So I think just make sure if you're like – I know there's a lot of people that do not salt their food, and they do not use, like, soy sauce or anything like that. And that becomes an issue with your sodium levels. But if you're eating salt in your diet, like, you're probably fine. You don't have to drink salt water. I don't know.
1: Yeah, probably not. I mean, I think also, too, a lot of people are so scared of salt and sodium, but hopefully – This kind of explains like, no, you actually need like salt and sodium and you shouldn't be demonizing it. It's like so essential to a lot of functions in our body. Yeah. I feel like for me, I'll drink like electrolytes in the morning and then I work out in the morning too. So I'll drink it like after that. But then throughout the day, I'm just drinking regular water. I will say that like the flavored electrolyte powders do make drinking water a lot more fun. And sometimes I rely on it when I'm like, holy shit, I have not had enough water
2: and drinking
1: regular water sounds awful. Um, So it could be a good way to get you to drink water if you're someone who struggles with that.
2: Yeah, no, I was going to say the same. There was a period when like I was at an airport and I feel like airport water tastes bad and I brought my electrolytes with and I finally felt like I wasn't dehydrated on the plane. So that's something to note. Um, There's also things like coconut water. Like you can you can go down the natural rabbit hole of electrolyte things. If you guys have any fun little um, water water hacks or electrolyte cocktails please let us know in Geneva. We love to hear your guys' concoctions because Emma and I, of course, have our own that we love to chat about on the internet. But I'm very curious what the sea muscirlis are always doing, like what you guys are always eating and doing and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's the water ep. Um Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Stay hydrated, kids. That's a good episode Should I title. Should I say that? Stay, yeah, hydrated. stay hydrated, kids. Yeah. Or sea muscirlis. Stay hydrated, sea muscirlis, comma sure we'll do that there we go
1: cool Tight. okay well i hope you have a lovely rest of your night emma it's, it's a pleasure to pod thanks it's always fun to pod with you kate and we'll catch you all on all the different places that we tell you that we're going to meet you all next week or what? i don't even know what i'm saying we'll see you on the meme page we'll see you on the podcast the next week we'll
2: see you in geneva we'll
1: see you um... everywhere
2: emma and i will start showing up in your guys's houses as ghosts and giving you health tips mm-hmm. that'll be it <laughs> okay bye see you, see you next Tuesday we yeah.